Hello everyone. I'm Harshal Mehta and welcome back to our podcast channel Investonine. Today we continue part 2 of our podcast series which we started with Senia Sipek. Obviously she had been introduced last time but just to give a brief intro she has worked for 24 years at the Ministry of Finance for Tax Administration of the Republic of Croatia. She is highly respected and recognized international tax expert. Since the topic is continuation of tax technology, so today we would be covering taxation of digital economy. First of all, thanks for joining us, and hi, Senia. Hello, everyone. Greetings from Zagreb, Croatia. Uh, thank you very much for your invitation. Thank you, ma'am, and thanks for joining. Thank you. The first question which normally arises. that what is the reason behind the digital taxation is obviously which normally people know that now businesses are going digital which is everything is available on internet that being the first thing but the main reason or the second part of the reason which only few people or domain experts know is that the tech companies have been misusing the treaties and let's say the tech companies have been misusing the taxation of various countries in order to reduce their tax rates so we start with a very basic question that the reason behind tax taxing the digital economy came was because of google and other tech companies so it's a very famous arrangement which google had been using it which is double irish dutch sandwich arrangement can you please share your knowledge on it uh yes yeah, so thank you very much for your question so uh, we are actually we are living in a very exciting time so everything uh, more and more is happening in virtual world in uh, in uh, digital sphere so of course the way of taxation should be changed uh digital evolution uh, has bring new digital business models as you said and uh, in digital age we are living now the allocation of taxable profits can no longer be uh, exclusively uh limited uh, by physical presence so uh because for the company there is not necessity to invest uh, investment in for example local infrastructure and business operations to doing business so uh, of course that uh, uh, the question of taxation arised uh, where actually for a fair taxation uh, uh, which jurisdiction uh, and where this uh, tax uh liability arised and uh, this is i think the main question so this problem of course uh recognized uh i think all countries around the world uh, but uh, of course european commission work on that uh also oecd and now we have um, some kind of new approach of united nations as you said uh, some of example of the uh the double irish uh, uh 
uh, with Dutch sandwich. Uh, this is uh, in uh, this is generally considered to be an uh, I would say aggressive tax planning strategy, uh, and used by some of the uh, large, usually tech co corporation, but uh, largest. The corporation are involved in that combination, I will say. Uh, the first uh, Irish company, for example, would re receive large royalties from sales sold to United States consumers. And the United so a company in a United States will be giving their intellectual property rights to a company in Ireland. Yes, the company in Ireland would receive large royalties from uh, from the United States consumer. Yes, and the U.S. profits uh, uh, taxes uh, lower it, and the Irish taxes on the royalties are very low. And uh, due to a loophole in Irish laws, the company can uh, then transfer its profits tax-free, for example, to the some offshore company where they can remain untaxed. So we have double non-taxation. Uh, and the second Irish company uh, is used for sales uh, to European customers. It is also taxed at low rate and can send its profits to the first uh, Irish company using in Dutch company, using a Dutch company as an, uh, how should I say, it? as an interme intermediary, uh, there is no tax paid anywhere. The first Irish company now has all the money and can again send in it onward to the company in the tax haven. So in 2000... Right. So what we understand Irish company or maybe let's let's be more specific here the irish law doesn't have any withholding taxes on royalties which is in turn being paid to dutch company now here just to clarify dutch means a netherland based company yes yeah and in turn the netherland law also says that it doesn't have any does not have major withholding taxes on royalty payments by a dutch company to the about Irish company? Yes, Dutch company is actually intermediary, so they will not change. Um, uh, uh, there is no tax pay, paid in this situation, so the tax will not pay it anywhere. Right, and because of this, the overall tax liability goes down. Uh, no, they they will not tax liability at all. Agreed. So they would be evading taxes basically, but legally. Basically, it is aggressive tax planning. It is something that will use in the ending of the tax free of the offshore company. So we know in the tax haven or tax uh, offshore tax company there is no uh, usually is tax free. So profits will be tax free. And, for example, in 2017, uh, Google reportedly transferred uh, almost uh, uh, 20 billion euros uh, through the Dutch company, which was then forwarded to the Irish company in, Ber in Bermuda. 
companies pay no taxes in Bermuda and Google's subsidiary in the Netherlands was used to transfer revenue to the Irish subsidiary in Bermuda. So we can see that in uh, double uh, Irish with the Dutch sandwich is actually aggressive tax planning, but it's a kind of uh, due to loophole in the Irish law. So, so that's it, uh, that it's really not acceptable. Uh, and um, uh, but right now, uh, 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 as this Dutch sandwich, sandwich uh, get a lot of publicity, uh, the Irish finance minister passed uh, measures to close the loopholes in the 2015. So. So right now uh, we can say the double Irish is a base erosion, erosion and the profit shifting, shifting as BEPS corporate tax tool. It is kind of tool to avoid the tax. So, so legislator and uh, legislation should take care that some situation should be, uh, should be, how should I say, should be stopped and uh, uh really uh that we have a fair taxation and uh, taxes belong uh where uh, the value is uh, uh, acquired but um, as the law is the law so uh everything is possible so we have this situation uh, with uh, um, irish uh, dutch uh, uh, sandwich but just one clarification for our listeners here that uh, when we say that no taxes will be taxed at a Irish company level, it means that the company is basically established in Ireland, but that it is a tax resident of a tax heaven country. And for example, in our particular case, it would it could be likely Bermuda. And since it's a tax resident in Bermuda, so Bermuda it has to pay taxes in Bermuda. And that's the reason it uh, the Bermuda tax rate is almost nil. So that's the reason uh, here we say that negligible taxes are being paid. Yes, if, yeah. if it, yes, if he's a resident of Bermuda, there will be not usually there is not uh, treaties with Bermuda, and uh, they will apply national law, and the national law is very low or uh, very very lower, almost zero tax rate. So it is very uh, preferable tax uh, tax rate. So uh, so yes, it will be that case. Agreed. So this brings us to our next question, which is that in order to plug this particular loophole, there are obviously various organizations. One of them is OECD. The other is United Nations, which came up with approaches in order to plug this particular loophole and one of them in 2018 european union had proposed digital services tax at three percent yes now we would like to know more about what is first what was the oecd's approach towards digital taxation do we understand that oecd has come up with multilateral instruments in which there are 15 action plans and first action plan was digital taxation 
So could you please elaborate more about it? Yes, as you said, so uh, first European Commission in the March 2018 proposal uh, uh, 3% digital service tax and uh, longer term proposals uh, was far uh, broader with more than 50 different digital activities potential subject to tax. But uh, because of not consensus between member states on these proposals, uh, OECD continues to work on the uh, definition and implementation of the digital tax. So in March 2018, OECD delivered the interim report, uh, which contained uh, actually in-depth analysis of new business models and how that, uh, how that business models uh, could have possible implications on uh, international taxation, uh, in particular uh, profit allocation rules. Uh, next, uh, the inclusive framework uh, uh, delivered the policy note in January 2019, and uh, we have uh, proposals into, and they, they bring pro uh, proposals into two pillars. First pillar, uh, nexus and profit allocation, and second pillar, uh, pillar two, ensuring a minimal level of uh, taxation. So we see this profit allocation, that's, that's the key. So uh, for the fair taxation, uh, profit allocation, and uh, uh, which jurisdiction this profit actually belongs, that's uh, that's the whole whole thing about uh, digital uh, taxation. Uh, so about uh, this document from uh, policy note from January two thousand nineteen, pillar uh, one and pillar two. Uh, in uh, March two thousand nineteen was public consultation, and uh, when this. Uh, all inputs uh, was analyzed and uh, and uh, have depth in analysis about these inputs. Uh, the inclusive framework delivered uh, in May 2019 detailed program of work, which was endorsed by the G20 finance minister in June 2019. But what is very important to emphasize in that is that this unified approach. Uh, so uh, in this document, uh, uh, this document adapt taxing rights by taking into account new business models and expand the taxing rights of market jurisdiction. Uh, which that's interesting, uh, and which what I said uh, I'm saying uh, I, I was said uh, I was saying about that, uh, which for some business models is the jurisdiction where the users uh, user is located. Uh, so uh, there uh, in this document is actually uh, uh, trying to find a way for fair taxation and uh, alloc uh, 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 fair uh, profit allocation. So uh, the, this approach 
uh, uh, has three types of taxable profit that may be uh, allocated to uh, some market uh, jurisdiction. So in OSCD proposal uh, pillar one, so we have amount A, amount B, and amount uh, C. And uh, I think that amount A uh, is uh, really something new for me, revolutionary, I will say. So they split um, uh, two categories of business. So we have uh, automated uh, digital services and consumer facing businesses. So what is um, about um, automated digital services? So uh, actually there are uh, services uh, which are provided to a large populations a uh, large number of customers and users, but across multiple uh, multiple jurisdictions. And automated digital services are, for example, uh, uh, online search engines, social media uh, media platforms, um, cloud computing services. But they are not uh, involved uh, selling of uh, raw materials and financial services. They are out of these automated digital services. There are two categories of business, and first is automated digital services. So next is uh, consumer faces, uh, facing businesses. Uh, so revenue from the sale of goods and services, individuals uh, for personal, uh, uh, not commercial use. This this is the definition definition of uh, consumer facing businesses. And uh, how we can uh, very shortly how we can actually. Uh, that that was polemic. How to calculated uh, all these three amounts? Uh, so three types of taxable profit. That's that's important. So as I said, that's not mean that uh, uh, that split can be fifty fifty or something like that. So we have to calculate that. So. Um, so in this proposal, calculation of amount amount A actually is based on formula. Uh, to identify the portion of uh, profit, residual profit, that is to be allocated to eligible market jurisdiction. And after determining the quantum of amount A, it will be uh, distributed. Uh, uh, it will be uh, uh, it will be distributed among the eligible market jurisdiction based. Uh, on an agreed allocation key. So for the splitting and for when we using this formula, we should have allocation agreed allocation key. How we will uh, split this uh, profit uh, through the uh, through the different uh, market uh, jurisdiction through the different countries. So we need this key, and uh, this allocation key. Uh, actually is based on sales of uh, a type that generate uh, nexus. So I think that calculation of amount A and actually of amount A and definitions of these two categories of business, automated digital services and consumer facing businesses are really something that we 
uh, that is completely uh, com completely mm, uh, I will say revolutionary I don't know the another term for that but it's but it's really something uh, uh, something uh, something new and uh, we should use the formula the key the quantum of amount a and uh, uh, and of course uh, to distribute uh, this uh, profit through the countries. Having known that, yes, this is a revolutionary concept or a best formula, UN has actually made out a statement stating that OECD should bear in mind that developing countries may not want to participate in mandatory and binding arbitration because of sovereignty and representation issues. In fact, there has been, you know, uh, various other approaches or, you know, obviously every formula has flaws in it. But one of the flaws which has been clearly mentioned or criticisms which have been brought out by the OEC, uh, by the developing countries is there is no sound basis for allocating only the non-routine profits to market jurisdictions under amount A. So, you know, having known the entire formula it clearly comes out that this is obviously fundamentally a good you know it's just a theoretical formula which looks good on books but when practically implemented obviously we can see the current how it is how other countries and OECD are finding it tough to implement but having known the current situation we understand this is very good formula on paper but when it comes to practically implementing it it is really very difficult and in one of the reports which had been submitted by Rajat Bansal he had clearly mentioned that plan or is very good but OECD has failed to adequately explain how it can be done uh, as it does not mention a robust methodology for separating the two or theoretical foundation on which such distinction might rest, nor the data with which this might be rigorously done. So what are your views? How should, because here one point what, what we are seeing is now each and every country individually has been planning and you know implementing their digital taxation. Let's say for example, France has got their own digital tax India also has a digital tax. Now what happens is, since OECD has not been able to properly implement or let's say bring all the countries on one particular table at a given date, due date, so what happens is each and every country goes ahead and wants to tax their, uh, let's say uh, you want to, they want to tax the digital companies or tech companies. Uh, and in particular, those tech companies which have been creating value from their uh, their respective countries. So, uh, do you find any conflict between the countries and the OECD as OECD is planning for a unified approach and countries on their independent capacity have been gone out and actually taxing the tech companies? Yes, you are completely right. Uh, so, if we have, uh, because I work in, uh, worked in uh, tax legislation uh, for many years, and I was responsible for uh, several tax reforms. So, I know how to 
uh, how hard this uh, writing the law. So uh, uh, this is uh, so we have this situation with European Commission 2018. So we see that. Uh, in that time, 28 uh, uh, members uh, cannot agree about that. So that shows that uh, situation is not so simple. But if situation uh, shouldn't be simple, we will have the problem. So every complex legislation uh, would uh, um, uh, would uh, make to avoid a strategic goal of every country that's uh, compliance. So if the, as you said, if the only uh, the sentence in the paper and is not applicable in the real life, uh, the aim will not uh, achieve. So when I look at uh, in the uh, OECD proposals, I think that uh, uh, idea in splitting this uh, uh, three amount uh, in pillar one actually is quite something new and is not impossible to do that. Uh, but of course, uh, we need uh, much more, how should I say, much more examples to be sure what we are doing. So we are talking about a uh, large amount of profit, so every error will be very costly. Uh, so I think uh, because uh, there are some deadlines and one of the deadlines is 2020, that mm, uh, some questions uh, should be uh, much more um, uh, explained. Uh, for example, and also this is, uh, if, uh, this is uh, also a, a political challenge also, but if we are talking about um, uh, uh, about the uh, pillar one, so I would like to know much more uh, uh, how to uh, how to treat losses, for example, uh, carry forward or pre-regime losses. Also, uh, how to ensure the resolution of disputes between countries. Uh, what what will be uh, happening? Uh, what will uh, what we have uh, have done if something like that happening. Uh, so uh, OECD uh, will present blueprints by October and these blueprints will provide the technical details for pillar one and two. Um, uh, so, uh, but as you said, is it, if, is it too complex, there will not be good. But if we, uh, uh, but I still believe that uh, if I look at uh, if I look at uh, the, that uh, pillar one, uh, that um, uh, that uh, that could be done that way also. But uh, we need uh, uh, much more examples, much more clear definition. Uh, but I will say much more examples. So everyone should know how to do that. So it is not easy task. It is not easy task for OECD also because of that uh, the proposal had public consultation. So it's not easy. Uh, it will be nice that everyone will be happy with these proposals and easy to apply. Uh, but of course, uh, that will need, uh, that's my opinion, that will need some guidelines and many education about that. 
but actually uh, these proposals uh, could alive and uh, i will say um, this is one of the uh, of the possible situation and to resolve uh, the digital uh, problem of the digital uh, taxation if we uh, so uh, united uh, uh, and and also it's very important in the OECD this unified approach i would like to emphasize that because we now have uh, many countries around the world uh, that uh, time was crucial and because this uh, uh, wasn't unified approach an international solution and uh, global solution will be even better uh, of course uh, several countries have decided to move ahead with unilateral measures to tax a digital economy so uh, we have uh, austria france for example italy poland turkey united kingdom Mm, uh, 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 have implemented uh, digital service tax. And then we have Belgium, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Spain have published proposals to enact the uh, digital service tax. And also we have Latvia, Norway, Slovenia have either officially announced or shown intentions to implement such a tax. So that's the problem. And that's the problem for the businesses because the proposed and um, uh, the tax rate range are different. We have a tax range from 2% to the 7.5%. And, percent, and um, uh, we have difference, uh, differ, uh, different situation in their structure. For example, Austria and Hungary only tax revenues from online advertising. France tax base is much broader. So what's that mean for the businesses? So uh, we are talking the business in uh, the digital business model. So they will have a lot of work in every country. So different uh, definition. What is the what is the tax base? What 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 is the uh, 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 what is the uh, 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 part uh, that we want to tax? So. Uh, then what is the tax rate? So it will be different country by country. By country. But I understand, actually, I understand these countries because time was crucial and for fair taxation, the countries just decided and said, no, we don't know, we don't want anymore. We want our share of profit, which is uh, acquired in our country. So. Uh, of course, in this situation, uh, all around the world, uh, different tax regime and different different tax law, it's very complicated. So I think that OECD in, is uh, on the right way to solve that as a unified approach. It will be much better if we have global approach, not just international, a global approach. That will be exactly good for the businesses. And then in this moment, as I said, uh, we have uh, right now, if we are look at in OECD, we have uh, key dates for the next step. So in October, uh, inclusive framework meeting. In 15, 16 October 2020, G20 finance ministers meeting. And in December, uh, G20 Italian presidency. So uh, we expect in this, uh, this year, uh, to end of this year, uh, that uh, some solution uh, as the proposal uh, of the OECD will achieve. Uh, but also it is expected that European Commission will pub publish proposals on the digital levy, introduction of the 
uh, uh, we expect uh, January 1st, 2023, as was said. And uh, in the autumn, uh, will, uh, European Commission will uh, set out its plan for business taxation for the 21st century to address uh, the challenges of the digital economy and ensure that all companies pay their fair share. So everyone go in the, uh, go in the same direction. So uh, I think that uh, OECD proposal is a good, uh, is a good, good uh, the best uh, day is possible in the time with, when every country um, not every, but several countries uh, decided to move ahead with unilateral measures. We have European Commission without solution, uh, not solution, there are good proposals, but without, without consensus of 28 uh, members in that time. So, and right now we have the UN uh, Tax Committee uh, released a proposed recently optional UN model tax treaty article, a new article uh, 12b. And that is specifically for digital services. Yes, uh, uh, this is a proposed optional uh, model tax treaty article, UN model, that would grant additional taxing right to countries where an automated digital services, I said what that is. We do understand that you know, um, drafting a law and discussing the same over a podcast of, let's say, 35-40 minutes won't do justice to digital services. But we do wish or maybe the end result should be come out, which will come out, should be really smooth so that in order to do businesses, it will be so that businesses don't face a hard time in order yes. to do the compliances. Absolutely. Before winding up our podcast, and since we have the privilege of you having on our podcast and you have been in the Ministry of Finance working extensively in tax, we would like to know what is your approach and individual, uh, what is your approach as an individual and what has Croatia in particular been adopting? Let's say whether the, what is your ideas, whether a particular, as how you correctly mentioned that UN has got a new particular article, what do you think? Whether an updated Article 5 which pertains to permanent establishment should be updated in order to incorporate all the digital services taxation or a new article should be brought into account through, uh, through an amendment or a protocol in the treaty or the OECD approach, the what as you correctly mentioned in our uh, in the podcast, that OECD has got a unified approach. What kind of out of the three approaches? What do you think which has, which would be great to implement? Uh, I think that the best approach will be a simple one. When uh, when we're talking about Article Five, Seven, or Nine OECD and UN Model Tax Convention. Uh, which profit attributable to physical presence will not reflect the taxpayer's significant engagement in the market. So I'm not sure 
that new Article 7, it is possible, uh, Article 5, uh, uh, 7 and, and uh, 9, it is possible, uh, I, I, I don't say it isn't, uh, that updating or new Article 5, 7 and 9 uh, will, be, uh, will be one of solution. But what will be in this article, that's the question. Because I don't think that uh, we are talking about OECD and UN Model Tax Convention. So I, I, I'm sure that OECD in, your, uh, in their proposal, they uh, look at Article 5, 7 and 9 and conclude they will get a new proposals. So uh, I su suspect that this is not so easy to updating or, or making new Article 5, 7 or 8 and if uh, or nine and if is possible i think that will have some similar solution as it now in oscd proposals that's that's my opinion but uh, the uh, the experts who are working on that uh, should think in mind that uh, one of the uh, very uh, important thing is simplif simplification simplification of legislation is key of everything I just think that uh, we are right now in the situation that we have uh, actually because of this pandemic and the new digital, a uh, new economy, uh, that we need a new, uh, uh, new tech system, uh, systems around the world. So everything is changing, including the taxes. So uh, I think that uh, it is best example is VAT. I think that we, make the complex about that a lot when we are talking uh, that's that's my opinion so so if you look at in the un tax committee committee proposals then we see that they say that new article 20b is much more uh, much more uh, applicable than oscd proposals is quite <laughs> quite different so I will choose. Uh, uh, I will choose one who who will be simple and applicable, as you said. As a, as a my country, we should follow the. We are member states of Europe, European Union, so we have to follow the legislation of the European Union, European legislation. Also, we follow the OECD. Uh, even we are not a member of OECD, we are follow. Uh, in the field of transfer pricing, in the field of BEPS, we all follow all, all these rules in our uh, and put in our legislation. So we will follow that. But we will be happy. It will be unified approach, international approach, and uh, I, I will ha I will be happy with that and with some simple solution. Right. right. So we totally agree with your mindset, which is whoever or. Whichever organization comes up with a solution, it has to be a simplified approach at this particular time, which is the need of the art. And on this particular note, we really thank you for joining us for our two podcast series. It was really very informative and we really delved into the nuances of digital taxation and tax technology. Really thanks for joining us and removing your time for us. Thank you very much. I think uh, it was uh, interesting and useful. That's my hope. No material on this podcast should be considered as a financial advice. The material on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The views represented here are personal and do not represent any organization. Mm -hmm.